everybody. Welcome. It is Monday, 7 o'clock. The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Johnny Torres with you, as always. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And again, don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you comment. Tell us, uh, give us a little hello there in the comment section. Uh, throw us a like, a share, and make sure to like us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget, if you happen to miss any of tonight's show, you can catch the audio version of our podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, and Amazon platforms. Again, we're trying to get the show uh, to everywhere you are, so we certainly appreciate you uh, joining us today. Plenty to talk about, um, and so uh, we're going to go ahead and run down the topics first uh, before I introduce our special guests here at the table. Um, so we're going to go into the Supreme Court expansion, the very thing that Joe Biden said years ago that he would not do um, and is actually now considering it. We'll pick that apart. Uh, Cuba, the next chapter, and we have an expert on the topic in, uh, on tonight's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Florida anti-riot bill that was signed into law today by Governor DeSantis uh, and, uh, and certainly some of the more fun theatrical components of uh, what took place today during that event. Uh, Anibal Zadik, it's going to be an interesting one, as always. Uh, I'm sure it'll knock something off, if not, at the very least, your socks. Um, and uh, we're also going to talk about the transgender sports bill that is also most likely going to be signed into law by Governor DeSantis. Uh, we'll pick that apart and, of course, uh, to see if that's one of these other uh, issues that uh, Florida is going to be leading the way as uh, this continues to be an issue across the country and not only in high school sports but in professional sports as well. Um, now, very excited uh, about today's panel and, and today's topics because there's, uh, I mean, more to talk about than we can absolutely get to in uh, what is supposed to be an hour, but we usually run about 90 minutes anyway. So joining me at today's table, to my left, we're going to start off with uh, my buddy Joe Wicker. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Good. He Glad likes the show here. in stereo. Glad I appreciate it. Yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I got my knockoff beats. There you go. <laughs> Are they bits? The bits. The bits. <laughs> All right. Tweeters. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, way overdue uh, in terms of uh, joining us on the show. Uh, he's been a bit of a recluse. Would that be a, a, the right word uh, lately? Uh, yeah, Political a recluse. Good you know? term. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but certainly an expert in many of today's topics. And so we appreciate you joining us. Uh, retired United States Air Force Colonel E.J. Otero. Glad to be here. What a fantastic opportunity. Thank I'm you so much. excited, man. We haven't uh, seen each other in a while, obviously, because of COVID and whatnot. Uh, but also, you know, you've been taking care of the family and uh, the beautiful family you're building. And Thank so. you so much. Trying, trying to be good. Yeah, and they're here. They're, you know, the, the, the wife and the, and the son are out playing around. And so we're, we're glad that you were not only able to join us, but bring them along as well. So we appreciate that. As uh, we do try to be a family show. <laughs> as best as possible. As best to as possible, that's PG. right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, uh, better late than never, and as always, is an evil David Cabrera. Thank you. Uh, I, feel, so. <laughs> I feel welcome for that right there. I'm kidding. You're actually, you were actually early on uh, today. I was early. So. Very surprised. Okay. The wife kicked we me have, out of the house. We have our good fine. days. It's you fine. know, that's right. <laughs> Um, and uh, so again, you know, I mean, really, uh, there's so much that we could be talking about today. But we'll go ahead and uh, kick things off uh, with the Supreme Court expansion. I mean, this is something that they were threatening, uh, you know, during the Trump campaign, during the presidential campaign. Um, it became an issue because, of course, um, really, I think historically, I don't know that any president has appointed more judges, not only maybe to the Supreme Court, but certainly to the federal courts across the country than 
Donald Trump. Um, and, and so now, uh, after you know, seeing what took place over the last four years, I mean, Democrats are obviously worried that some of these judges may work against their agenda. And of course, to our sake, hopefully so. Um, you know, uh, how how bad is this? I mean, you know, obviously, the, the, the historically the size of the court has changed. It's ebbed and flowed, right? But nine seems to be this this great number that we've had for for quite some time. Um, how awful would it be for them to go at this point, at this juncture, and to try to change that? Well, if I if I can weigh in, I mean. There have been changes to the Supreme Court historically, absolutely. Right. But the reasons have never been um, um, party-based. They have okay. been representation-based. They have been population-based. They have been a number of reasons, a number of arguments. Since then, there have been several attempts uh, in the past 40, 50 years to discuss it. And even the, 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 the incumbent president, Joe Biden, said when he was in the Senate close to 40 years ago, he said that it would be foolish to do such a thing. And, uh, and the reasoning was not, was not acceptable. And right. now to say that we're going to do that when it is very clear that it is based on party lines and not on, um, uh, not an, an, not on a representation and not to improve the working relationships of the other two branches is, uh, is conflicting. Right. Well, I mean, I mean again, um, we've seen that somebody who we thought was going to be more to the conservative side of things, uh, Chief Justice John uh, Roberts, uh, really hasn't been that. You know, he's been very unpredictable, if anything, to kind of put it lightly. Um, and, and certainly not um, shy of controversy, mm -hmm. uh, but he certainly hasn't been, I think, what a lot of conservatives expected he would be when he was appointed to the Supreme Court, right? Well, that's what happens when you try to uh, not have a con try to avoid the controversy of it, right? Because mm -hmm. I think Bush picked him. I mean, I'm not saying that the guy wasn't qualified, but um, my understanding is Bush picked Roberts because he was going to be a non controversial pick that he could just get through the Senate and be done and over with. Sure. So, well, here you go. The non controversial, uh, trying to avoid controversy ends up getting you controversy because now the guy, you don't know where the guy stands on anything. Well, now it seems like no matter who gets picked, it's going to be controversial. It's going to be, which you uh, just have to have the fight. You right. Have, you have to have the fight, and that's it. And the bottom line is, is that if there's 51 Republicans in the Senate, you'll get them through if you're a Republican president. And if you're a Democratic president, you're going to need 51 votes in the Senate. Right, which you, we you know, kind of saw. That's all there is to it. And, and what may be, you know, with the, with the last appointee, uh, you know, it may be that we're now seeing the future of how this is going to be handled, which is you go up there before the Judiciary Committee and say nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, most people don't realize that um, a lot of things that we do now in modern politics is, is still actually new. Mm. Like, going before panels like that, that, that doesn't even have to happen. That hearing, the whole Senate hearing is actually for the senators. It's for the politicians to get TV time so that they can make some quote so that they can then tweet it out or put a 10-second clip on Facebook yeah. or whatever it is. On a mailer. It, because actually there's no constitutional requirement that a, a judge sit before the Senate committee. For the approval. Senate, yeah, no, the Senate yeah. could just go to the floor and vote. Okay, right. And that's it. There, yeah. there doesn't have to be but a hearing. But we've gotten so accustomed yeah. to it right uh, now. The, the hearing is not, is no, there's no requirement for a hearing. It's just advice and consent. So yeah. all the Senate has to do is receive the name from the president, go do business that day, pass it or, or refuse it, mm -hmm. and that's it. It's done and over. You don't, we don't even have to have the spectacle. Sure. That's, that, it, it pays to the media and it pays for the politicians. 
Now, if given the opportunity, and Nebel, I mean, how far do you think they're going to try to take this? I mean, we've got nine. I mean, at one point, right, do do we say, okay, enough's enough if they actually, I mean, is it going to be 12, 13, 14? I mean, what's... 21. <laughs> 27. Uh, no, I'm thinking of an even number so we can have even more of a problem. Um, it, the Supreme Court has changed six, uh, six times since the creation in 1790. So it's not unprecedented to see the change or, or an, a require a conversation about yeah. expanding the courts. Uh, however, it is completely in the murkiness of political um, desires for it to get done. The Democrats cannot see themselves. Um, no uh, Democratic, uh, no Democratic leaning or progressive leaning Supreme Court justice is going to resign anytime soon because they don't want their seats to go up. And almost all of the conservative ones are pretty well are healthy at the moment. And so I don't think anyone's going to want to, to give up their chair at the current set. And seeing how dangerously close the Senate is of being uh, either flipping one way or the other, I don't think. The only way that to be able to influence now the, the third and final branch of the, of the U.S. government would be to try to expand the court. And as, uh, Colonel, as the Colonel was saying, that it's, it's always been because of population, location, and it's never been because of political lines. And I don't think the U.S. The, the US people want to see that go down the pike. So I wouldn't be surprised if we, don't, if we see that. As a conversation, I don't think it's going to happen, though. The, I, I don't think it's going to happen. My prediction is that it doesn't happen. The Democrats love to use the court system to, to try to push policy because their their ideas are generally unpopular um, in many ways, and so they have a hard time getting it through state legislatures and getting it through Congress. So they try to use the court system. But my prediction would be that that it the Democrats talk about this a lot. They raise money off of the issue. Right. That they they put this commission together or the panel or whatever they've uh, in uh, you know got going now. And before you know it, the elections are here. The Democrats lose control of the Senate, which only requires the loss of one seat. Correct. Flipping one seat. They lose control of the Senate. And then if you're a Republican, the issue goes away. It's not going to happen. And if you're a Democrat, you can say, you can, you can uh, thankfully say to yourself, oh, well, we tried, but now we don't have control of the Senate. And then you can fundraise off of needing to gain control of the Senate so you can do what you said you were going to do. Uh, in, two years ago, it's anyway. A, it's a great volleyball. They, they it's don't a great really volleyball. want... I, I, I bet you there's a lot of Democrats that actually don't want to expand the court, but they're not going to say that. They're just going to let this go until the next election, and then when the Democrats lose the Senate, now they have an excuse not to do anything. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 did, they obviously got fired up around, yeah, you know, the, up all it. the appointees, and, you know, they yeah. you know they obviously knew that they were at a disadvantage. Yeah, they raised money because, off that. Right, exactly. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that... I mean, removing kind of our own partisan wishes aside, I mean, they haven't really seemed to rule favorably in one side or the other. I mean, I, to me, no, they've, actually, they've kind of achieved the yeah, objective, no, which I, is a yeah. pretty balanced outcome. Yeah, actually, sure. actually, the Supreme Court, when you look at, so Roe v. Wade is one of the biggest issues you can take. You take the pro-life issue and go look at who has decided, made decisions that are anti-life. And sadly, what you'll find is a lot of Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices siding, you know, against the issue of life. It's sad. Isn't that because they're taking a more constitutional approach? Um, well, I, well, I mean, I'm not a legal scholar. So no, I, I know. I that, mean, but I, I, no, I, I think the bigger issue is pressing it because not, not, to, not, not to take over the conversation and turn it into the Roe v. Wade thing, but right. when Roe v. Wade was decided, the, 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 the presentation to the court was 
you know, that, well, it should at least be allowed, in, you know, in these minimal circumstances. And the, and the chief and the justices actually believed that this was not going to become what it is today. Sure. They had no idea that it was going to become abortion on demand. And so thinking, well, we don't want to remove... Well, and that the states yeah, will continue to push the issue. Yeah, and thinking, you know, well, we don't want to completely ban, you know, uh, the procedure, you know, or whatever. They took that approach and they created this, this right to it, which it doesn't exist in the Constitution. But since then, I, I think most people have recognized that, okay, it turned out to be really bad. It turned out to... Abortion turned out to be a lot worse than, than what the justices at the time thought. But my point is, is that to what you said... Um, this idea that the that the Supreme Court is radically this way right or radically left no there's some decisions that seem to be pretty um, you know that were groundbreaking or have been very controversial but the court as a whole and the decisions it's made I, I don't think it's been really a win for the left or the right no. and to your point I mean that's kind of that's kind of the point sure you know? right I mean well you know the the, the the one thing that we can see in the Supreme Court it is a it is a tripod if you have if you have an idea, if you have an agenda that you want to push within either party, every party, you have the parties, and there are agendas within the party. These are things that we want to push, um, some that are more moderate, some that are more liberal, some that are more conservative within both parties. In the Republican Party, you have mostly conservatives, but you also have them in the Democratic Party, even though it's mostly progressive. So what is going on in the Democratic today that they're pushing hard on the agenda, the social justice issue, and the social justice issue, you know, it tied to the Electoral College point, tied to revisiting the Constitution as a living, breathing document as identified by President Obama in his presidency. Mm -hmm. It wasn't done before, but it has, it has taken a life of its own within the progressive side of the Democratic Party. And to do that, what do you need? You need a court. Right. You need a court that is going to uphold that yeah. on a constitutional basis and give it validity. Because once that happens, it becomes very difficult to undo all those things. So it, it, it is almost it is almost like, uh, like uh, uh, let's try this message. Anybody does that. Whatever message it is, but for the progressive side of the Democratic Party, this is a main message. Right. And they will push it. It may not stick now, but they're going to try it again until it yeah. sticks. And well, then, and I mean, and the, 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 and sorry, really just really quick, the scariest thing, I think about about this topic has just been how amenable Joe Biden has been to even considering it when he's now saying that no rights are absolute. None of the amendments are absolute uh, when it comes to the Constitution. I mean, that's a pretty frightening thing to say. Unable. It's going to be frightening, but doing a little bit of history of when people have talked about packing the courts, it wasn't, the last real big push was during FDR in 1936 right. when he won in a landslide and even then he wanted to add six more justices for every one person that, every one justice, he wanted to add extra justice for every justice that was over the age of 70. So it was definitely a desire to pack the courts and he still couldn't get it through. Mm -hmm. So it's something that no matter what people talk about, it's very difficult to have have happened, mm -hmm. and because the public sees it as an affront on that final check when it comes to the, the balance of power. So people just don't like that, to be able to show that, that they're being manipulative of it, just because yeah. your side hasn't won the popular vote. Well, I, mean, I agree that, I, I don't think it's gonna pass. I agree with you, Joe. It's definitely gonna, not gonna pass this time around, but it's not going away. Mm -hmm. Unless the progressive side of the, uh, the country decides that they're not gonna pursue it anymore. 
But yeah, they're going to continue trying yeah, and trying sure. and trying. At first, somebody, As they do with all their issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because like EJ was saying, if, if um, five years ago even, not even that long, someone would have said, we should pack the Supreme Court, people would be like, that sounds like cheating, right? Like, yeah. I mean, most people would be like, uh, no, that's not a good thing. Right. And, but once they start saying it openly, yeah, no, we need to pack the court. Eventually it becomes... It's not even surprising anymore. It becomes a policy position. Yeah. Well, and if Republicans and were to be acceptable. saying that we needed to pack the Supreme Court, oh, all of a sudden it's about <laughs> white supremacy, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and it it's about be, putting yeah. more white people on the Supreme Court. Well, yeah. The abortion issue had become, it didn't start like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. and it, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, and it became a policy issue for certain elements of the, of the Democratic yeah. Party and yeah. some of the, and the Republican Party, small, but yeah. definitely yeah. there. And if you want to sell yourself as a as a moderate in the Republican Party, you usually tend to support the right to life, the the, right, the pro-choice sure. position, and then you're more of a moderate. You, you there's your your bona fides. You're more of a moderate in the Democratic Party. Is like if you're a progressive, but for the most part, that is your card carrying. I am I am on this side. Mm. Yeah. But that evolved, but it was not accepted at first, but they never let it go. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. then it became it became a precedent in the Supreme Court. And now when they found after uh, well, after the political system found the Clarence Thomas hearings, a circus that it was, yes. yeah. became became currency. Right. Yeah. Then everybody has to face uh, the, yeah. Yeah, it's political the, yeah. currency. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has to support the Senate. Everybody has to support and view any hearings in the Senate. Yeah. So all this, all the senators, like you said, yeah. have their 10 minutes, 15 minutes of fame, utilizing and forcing the Supreme Court candidate yeah. to have a position in something that they have not heard legally yeah. yet. So one of those items is the right to life. Now it is the uh, um, uh, now it is the packing of the court, and then it's going to be later on. What do you think? Well, they already asked the uh, the, the, the sitting uh, justices in the, in the Supreme Court. What do you think about but like expanding said, the court? Now they just don't oh, say well. anything. Yeah, well, like Johnny said, now they just go sit there and basically they do their best to say nothing, because right. what's the point? And I don't think the politicians actually care. They're just there. They just want to yeah. get their... Those, well, they're there to make their stump speech out. They just want to get their stump speech out and that, get their sound they're, they're empty on list. It is a controversial camp. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah. Then yeah. it is yeah. full. But yeah. then that also means that... So somebody I heard a few days ago is that the Supreme Court once again rejected the idea of putting cameras inside the courtroom because they didn't want to become a spectacle. Sure. Yeah. Hence why you still have the, the sketch artists that still go in to yeah. take uh, yeah. actual... Um, sketches of the court hearings it's well, because they you, don't want to well, become because a I mean look at what's happening right now with the Derek Chauvin trial yes. you know you would have this day by day dissection yeah, by yeah, the media yeah. and the public opinion as yeah. to what's happening with that case which mm -hmm. means you wouldn't which means you couldn't um, well here's the th think about it if you want to know what the supreme court said you have to go to the website or to wherever you can get it right. um, and you have to, you need to get the pdf and you have to read it yeah. Or you get the transcript or you get the audio. Right, right. Right. But you can't, like you said, the media can't sensationalize an audio clip that could be an hour long. They can't right. do that. They can't sensationalize it because no one will pay attention. They can't sensationalize, like, you know, a, a, a written transcript. Yeah. So I'm in agreement. I say keep the cameras out of there. 
if you want to know what the Supreme Court's doing, read the case. You might learn something. Well, and again, I think you know very smartly. A lot of judges in very controversial cases have have, have have kept the cameras out. Yeah, kept the cameras out. Kept and look, and honestly, on this issue and a lot of others, you know, it always makes me smile because whenever something is this difficult to accomplish, especially like packing the court, it just shows you. And it reminds you how brilliant the founding fathers mm -hmm. were Absolutely. in making things like this incredibly difficult. And let, let's not forget, though, there is the uh, uh, the icon in the Supreme Court uh, for progressive, which is uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. yep. And she was against it. Completely. Right. And she is on record. Yeah, she is. As of last not year. Once, yeah. Not once, <laughs> Recently. but many yeah. times Being against, against it. it. Yep. Yep. So there are those uh, uh, legal minds within the progressive movement that are going to that are going to argue whether that is a, a, a fight that they want to pick up. Yeah. If they if the, if Ruth Bader is going to be used by everybody as a point against packing the court. And it's fascinating to see the court the justices talk in when they give their lectures or when they go around the country after the cases have ended right. and able to listen to them. Even though I might not agree on many of the cases, or may I do agree, it's fascinating to see someone that has dedicated their life to the law of the country and figuring out a way to actually uh, make sure it's applied equally under the law. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I mean, they had sunshine laws before Florida came out with their version of sunshine laws, not allowing you to talk to each other for cases, yep. not allowed to be able to have interactions in regards to court cases themselves. However, there's still plenty of conversations about how uh, certain justices of the past play, played in uh, poker games in D.C. together, were drinking buddies, were attending uh, each other's. Like, I think someone went to someone's um, well, it's a lonely baptism. Club, it's mean. a very isolating <laughs> job. Right. The yeah. average justice. Yeah. Is, uh, is on the court for 16 years, right? And so yeah. it's it's a fascinating uh, world that they live in, and fascinating to hear them talk out loud. I, I admit yeah. I don't see how Ruth Bader Ginsburg and um, and Justice Scalia were, were like they were close, friends, like close friends. They were legit friends. Maybe, maybe it's maybe, maybe yeah. I, I don't really get it. I don't see how that works. You don't because, have any I mean, super progressive friends, no. I know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. We, try, we, well, get, we get mad at them for having a well, bubble. Well, we should no, have a I, bubble. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I think I have family members that are, you know, that way. <laughs> yeah, but see, again, the problem bubble, is that's that you're blood. thinking about it, you're, th you're thinking about it politically. <laughs> I, I, know, when, I, when, I am thinking of it when politically. They, <laughs> if you think about it, they, in essence, are on, the, they're all on the same team. It's, uh, you know, they are basically, they're, because they're all on the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, and nobody else understands. Right. But the the pressures they couldn't and see they couldn't see the same they those two read words and they completely derive from it something different yeah and that that's just what's odd to me yeah but I'm it like, doesn't I'm mean like that you, they can't you, have a you know completely different view of the constitution than, than yeah but they else. may have other interests yeah. you know other yeah, no, hobbies I mean, or obviously other, they did they were like friends or whatever <laughs> yeah. well, they were, all right they were both into the same music they were yeah exactly the same type of art yeah, yeah. yeah well again yeah, these were, are and well, a lot of times these are intellectuals right exactly a lot of them are ivy league yeah so going to to disagree yeah but going to that point, Hector Gonzalez makes the comment that they were both very deep in academia and saw themselves yeah. as colleagues more than as rivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. just goes to show, hey, it's just us heathens that get all riled up. And, <laughs> you know, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Keep that to yourself. I, yeah. I, I, I do have progressive friends, I admit that. Yeah, look, and, and it's fun because, you know, I again, I, I, have, I have friends who have actively removed anybody who, you know, disagrees with their political opinions and that sort of thing. You know, I think to me, it just like, I, I like to understand and have a, a, a better understanding of what the other side mm -hmm. thinks, you know, because again, it helps you, you know, either confirm 
or question your own position so on issues. I have no but then also, also when it comes to, again, having conversations like this, you know, you learn why they believe the things Correct. that they yeah. do. Yeah. And it helps you better structure your yeah. argument as to why you believe what Well, there's a I biblical reference in, in there, and it's called iron sharpens iron. The only way you're going to get better to be able to talk about your faith and talk about your positions is to talk to someone that probably maybe have opposite views so then you feel more comfortable defending and you figure out why you defend the positions you defend yeah. because you have someone that can actually debate that conversation. I don't, I don't mind it. I enjoy it because I don't run from conflict. So I, <laughs> I, I have no problem we engaging know. in that with, we know. With, 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 <laughs> with friends. But here's the problem. Then when you ask, okay, who's going to pay for that? or how will that work in reality, then they get all upset for some reason and they throw food on the table and Thanksgiving's over with. I mean, all by asking who's gonna pay, you ask who's gonna pay for it and people get angry. I'm like, what, I'm just asking a question. I'm just oh asking my gosh. a question. All right, uh, thank you everybody for watching The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, joining us today, Joe Wicker, Colonel E.J. Otero, and Anibal David Cabrera. Again, plenty to talk about. Uh, we were just discussing the packing of the Supreme Court. Uh, now, a topic that I know uh, our special guest loves to talk about, and it's certainly something we maybe don't talk about uh, often enough on this program, but we certainly picked the right person to join us, and that is uh, Cuba. Um, you know, Nebel wanted to call it uh, a new day in Cuba, but that's a little too optimistic oh, in my point. I'd say the next day. chapter. I, I just day. call next it the next chapter. Because I, I don't have very high expectations about any of that sort of thing. High hopes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, uh, the... Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he was a Castro, right? But people knew that he was slightly more moderate, you know, if you can even say so, than, than his brother was. Young Fidel? Um, yeah. Bro was worth it, Fidel. Mm -hmm. Well, but he didn't really, like, his, I mean, and, and again, maybe we weren't paying attention close enough. He was enough, not as flamboyant but, no, of course not. No, didn't love the, the, the you know, because Fidel was always known, right, for being a great speaker. And, and well, I mean, you have to, right, to rise to that level of power. Uh, you have to have that charisma and that, that kind of additional element about you, right. uh, that X factor, right? Um, now, some people would say, like, Raul was the brains, you know, of the operation, uh, possibly. You know, and then you're saying, you know, he was more radical. But we didn't really see anything, any major changes under his leadership, these, or did we? No, we did not. Oh, okay. Uh, it, well, there are folks that will say, yes, there, were, there was an opening of Cuba under Raul, and we need to reach out to Cuba. The and, visit from Obama. Let's visit Cuba. Let's open, uh, let's open a consulate in Tampa. That was Which is opening. happening again. It's coming. That conversation is happening again. Yeah. Say all game those game. things again, and uh, based on Raul as a person, right. as a perception mm -hmm. that he was milder than Fidel. He was not. So was that, that was just spin then? That was just Total right. spin. Okay. Fidel was a genius. Fidel was the power behind anything Cuba, even today, years mm. after his death. Raul is the most ruthless of them all. Raul and Che Guevara ran the military commissions that uh, ordered people for firing squads. Sure, genocide. Raul, I mean, Raul was yeah. personally involved in shooting people in firing squads. Today, there were people in Cuba that uh, were arrested for no other reason that they did not have a permit for uh, uh, you know, two by two, two feet by two feet uh, 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 wooden stand to fix uh, 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 watch straps for tourists. If you didn't have that permit, you would go to jail for 30, 40, 50 days. Right. Under, under Fidel. Because you're only allowed to have the business or trade that you're right. allowed to have. Under Fidel, 
about 80% of the people in Cuba have had, either have been in jail, know somebody that was in jail, or know somebody that was going to go to jail. Under Raul, is over 90%. And they were, they were mild because they would present it, uh, the, the actions would go on, but then they would present it with a very clean Havana, with Beyonce going in right. the open cars. And, oh, they uh, did a huge publicity and, and doing push. doing all I mean, these yeah. TV shows. And publicity. reaching out, sure. and, the, and the ambassador... Of, Propaganda. Uh, the ambassador coming to Tampa, right. shaking hands with everybody, going to, to Ybor City, and all these things, forgetting about the ruthlessness of, of Raul back in the home country. Yeah. Raul did not give up the presidency to Diaz-Canel mm -hmm. about four or five years ago. Uh, because he was giving up the power. People thought at the time that he did. They said, Diaz-Canel, well, the Castros are gone. They said that four years ago, five years ago. Huh. They said, Diaz-Canel is now the president of Cuba. The Castros are gone. No, Raul remained the chairman of the Communist Party, which is the most powerful institution in Cuba. Mm -hmm. What he said went. So he was still, in essence, the the. the it was kind of like when Putin now. took a back seat, you know, for a few years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly behind Medvedev. Sure, exactly. Right. Yeah. The same thing. But 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 Raul Raul as an entity does not have the appeal that Fidel has. People still. Or the think, loyalty, I'm guessing. Yes. Right. That he doesn't. Right. People still think that, uh, you know, in Cuba, the day every day, uh, Cubans they still think of the revolution in terms of Fidel, and Raul was one of the henchmen behind him. So who's this new guy? What's what's the what's the Diaz Canel? He's been the guy sitting there. Uh, he's been saying what he's supposed to be saying properly. Uh, he's the guy that people here didn't notice, but when uh, uh, when President Obama went to Cuba, he was the first one in a Telemundo interview in New York mm -hmm. that said it doesn't matter what Obama does and say in Cuba, the revolution will continue. So that cut the knees from under anything. Yeah. That anybody in the United States would hope would be right, negotiations right, yeah, right. Yeah. of anything. Give us back the the terrorists that are hiding in Cuba. Yeah. Let prisoners go. Nothing like that happened. Yeah, and it, it was almost. Uh, I, uh, some people would say, well, it was naive. Some people say, no, they just didn't care. The Obama administration didn't care. They just set the the foundation for what we have today, which is bringing back the issue of Cuba. But when you're at a baseball game in Cuba, and three rows behind you, behind the President of the United States, Raul Castro and Diaz-Canel, when you have the President of the United States there, and three rows behind you are the leaders of the FARC guerrillas in Cuba, mm -hmm. taking selfies, selfies. Yeah. With the president behind him like this. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it sure. is embarrassing. It's an embarrassment. The president of the United States was utilized, was used by Raul Castro. Did did uh, did Obama uh, support that? Did he did he know? Did he embrace it? I don't know. I'm not I'm not uh, the president. Right. I'm not President Obama. But the but the optics that came out of it were horrendous. I think they but look to up the, to them. I think they look. I think I think far left Democrats look up to places like Cuba. It's, it's absurd. Well, they, because they they because they were willing to at any cost, um, basically overthrow the government that they disagreed with to push forth their agenda. And build a society you know, but, that they want to build. That is, that is that is intellectually very true, but when it comes to the day in day out citizen here in the United States, right. the day-in, day-out, far-left individual that doesn't know that nuance, what they're supporting in Cuba 
is the idea that Castro was an icon, an image. It's cool to wear the Che Guevara shirt. Right. It is a Madison Avenue advertising job. Because how else can you explain that a country that, like Cuba that is, by all practical measures, uh, destitute, that doesn't produce anything? People still think they produce sugar. No. They don't. People still think they produce cigars. Cigars ended for like 20 years. Yeah. Cohiba closed. Partagas closed. Rey del Mundo closed. All yeah. these great companies. And then they restarted, kind of, sort of, because of tourists wanted that. Right. But they're not the same quality as they used to be. So it's an economy that has been shut down. It's an economy that in 1990, when the, when the Soviets decided to leave Cuba, he says, we're done with you. We're not going to subsidize you anymore. So you figure out how you're going to make money. And uh, Cuba says, well, we're going to go into a special period, periodo especial in Cuba, which lasted years in which everybody had to tighten up their belts, not eat that we're not eating already, and not really have a life. Hmm. And uh, it has remained. They just call it something else now. Right. And then they always look at the United States to blame and the United States. They're blaming the embargo. They're blaming this. They're blaming that. Yeah, but... It's kind of like the two-week mask mandate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, they just, years, they just keep moving know? the field. They, they just keep moving the goalposts. The exactly. Yeah. And yeah. what it, it's just... Uh, it, how can I explain it? It's almost psychological, sexy appeal that Cuba has in guerrilla groups and leftist movements in Latin America. You have Nicaragua with the Sandinista movement. Mm -hmm. You have uh, El Salvador... The FMLN used to be a Castro-supported terrorist group. The president of El Salvador today was a guerrilla guy, mm -hmm. and he has become a conservative, huh. pro-capitalist right. uh, uh, leader who gives his press conference with a huge, huge Jesus Christ behind him. <laughs> he turned. But Cuba decided to pull their diplomatic relations with El Salvador right. for a period. And, uh, and then you have Guatemala. But what benefit, what benefit would that have to El Salvador? None. Right. Because you got to be smart, and that's the thing. If you are in, in love with the power of the presidency of these countries and what it gives you, the sexiness, the same, the same hunger and the same addiction as a drug lord, in which you don't really care what's going on as long as you got everything, well, that's what these people are in these countries. That's what Chavez was in Venezuela, now Maduro, and that's what Petro is in, in, the, in Colombia, right. and that's what Bachelet is in Argentina. They're in love with this idea of power and controlling of the room that a six foot four Fidel Castro used to bring since the 50s. Despite the, the utter destruction totally. in which he's left Cuba. Well, and also, also what people, the messaging to the people is equality. But I think what we all know, and I think what leftists uh, understand uh, subconsciously or perhaps consciously, what they understand is that when you bring in um, uh, a type of government like communism or, or the lighter version, socialism, if you're part of academia, if you're part of the media, if you're part of the political elite, you are going to be just fine. It's going to actually be a wonderful uh, experience. It's just everyone else is going to be broke and destitute. But that's not a problem if you're in the media. Like, why, why do they care? I mean, yeah. the rich are, are going to be rich, the powerful are going to be powerful, and the common man is going to be less free and broke. So, if, I may, if I may say this about Cuba, one of the main things, one of the main tenets of Castro's in 1951, when he was starting his movement and uh, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, did what he did. He began in 1952. One of the main tenets of his communism, um, even though he called himself a pro-democracy capitalist on TV news and so on, and we bought it, the rest of the world bought it, is the 1950s, not much experience with the communist world. But one of the internal tenets of his school, of Castro's school, is we got to redo the Constitution. There are constitutional assemblies. Mm -hmm. We've got to have a constitutional assembly. And when we get into power, we're going to eliminate the Cuban Constitution via a constitutional assembly. We're going to do away what has been the, 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 the tool that had kept people oppressed. Kind of like how some wanted to did. do the Convention of States. And that's probably the most important thing that he has done, yeah. because that's exactly what all the uh, uh, communist leaders in Latin America do mm -hmm. the first time they get elected into office. Right. They say, we're going to have a constitutional it's assembly, textbook, yeah. which means we're going to stay in power forever. Right. So in... in, in, in they're going to try and do it legally. They're going to take over, but they're going to do it in a way that appears to be legal. Absolutely, because yeah. it sounds right. nice. Right, right, right. They right. own the message. Right. And, uh, you know, a clear example of how Cuba has penetrated Latin America effectively and efficiently is when he gets people like Bachelet in, in Argentina, and he gets people like Chavez and Maduro in Venezuela split the way they are split. Because there's folks that are, that are opposing Maduro yeah. in Venezuela, but they do not understand that he's just a continuation of Chavez. How much political influence does Cuba actually have in the formation of and success of political parties throughout Latin America? And Complete America? control. A lot, a lot of control. Complete a lot of control. and total control. A lot of people don't understand that so the way that... South America but how? Well, it's, it, is it, no, it's, is it, it's by providing resources that they have. So a lot of, I think you told me about this, that Cuba would send doctors and medical yeah. nurses to these they locations, rent they and they out. would rent them out at a they cheaper number, so then, so then the money could go back to Cuba. The, the ways that the Cuban government, the communist Cuban government, has put their tentacles into South America is, is starting to show fruit, and the fruit that we don't like to see as, US, as the Americas. And so we really, the U.S. really needs to start to pivot, because Obama, I felt Obama, and, this, and Hector, you said it also, Obama wanted to have his Nixon goes to China moment with Cuba, but without the having an objective, really, he just wanted the photo shoot. He wanted the photo op. And when you go there with no objection, with no real desire to do anything, agenda, then yeah. agenda, then the Cuban, the communists are going to use you yeah. and use you to keep themselves in more and more power. So, so quick question, you know, Ken, given your military background, so when Democrats, especially Obama, I think, you know, Biden's kind of skirted around the idea. Um, but when they talk about shutting down Guantanamo Bay, is that to curry favor with the Cuban government? The, the Cuban government has always wanted to shut Guantanamo Bay since day right. one, since 1959. January 1st, 1959, they wanted to shut Guantanamo Bay. The problem was that the agreement that was, uh, that was, that was reached at the time uh, was that it takes both parties to agree to leave. Mm -hmm. The United States had never wanted to leave. The United States paid $1,000 a year to the Cuban government for the lease of the, of the <laughs> land. Castro never, never cashed Cash one check. of them. He never wow. cashed one. Wow. He says, no, that is our land, and we're going to keep our land, and uh, we're gonna, we have sovereignty of that land. But the agreement said that, no, the United States never agreed, so we will remain there. It's never going to go anywhere. Sure. Correct. Uh, unless we decide one day that we don't really want it. Which but by we, you mean Congress. You know, Congress, right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Which is why Obama wasn't able to do it. 
Exactly. That, and I'm sure once he got into office and realized what a resource it is in terms of fighting terrorism and yeah. you know keeping certain people off of off of American soil, mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know, he obviously tried to make that go away. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, but do you think? But do you think it's because he realized there wasn't going to be a political win there, or is it because do you think that they got in his ear and say, hey, no, we actually need this? location we actually need this territory you know to you know to for national security reasons. i think they got in their ear okay uh, the intelligence it, community the yes. intelligence community said yes. listen it's not a political issue no one cares about cuba like uh, right. we need this base <laughs> clapper and sure. they will never a be a military guy yeah. okay and they will and never be a ba embassy in tampa <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, you know, ironically, if we yeah. all, if we, anyone with Brownsville right. has anything to do with it. Well, yeah. coincidentally, I mean, again, you know, for those of you watching, you know, we're actually coming to you live from uh, Ybor City, you know, which, again, very much founded in uh, Cuban roots and, uh, and was certainly the American home of the cigar industry for many decades. And, uh, and, and we're, you know, blocks away from what they call the only free Cuban soil in the world, which yeah. is, you know, Jose Marti Park. Uh, you know, which again, you know, there's people that had lived here, you know, their entire lives or for years and didn't know that that park even existed, even people of Cuban heritage. Um, and, and so, I mean, again, so are we pretty much expecting more of the same here for Cuba? I mean, is there... It never goes away. It's yeah. like a bad habit. It keeps coming back. Yeah. It depends on what tinge of, of, of political um, manipulation it takes. Right. Um, does it help us... Um, uh, making a point, um, you know, n right now, if I was a betting man uh, in the intelligence community and, and, uh, and all the GCCs, all the geographic combatant commands, they're looking at what does it mean mm -hmm. with, the, with the change in the administration? Are we yeah. talking that we're going to have um, some of the same because the powerhouses, the apparatchik in, uh, in Cuba have been there for 62 years. You have two generations of people in government that, didn't, that need that government yeah. to keep their houses, their money, their luxuries. Yeah. Are they going to give it up? Uh, yeah. To what extent are they going to go to not give it up? Right. What what role does the U.S. Well, and the people aren't going to fight them? back for it. I mean, they're, they've well, been... The only thing... The only, the only, I, I think the only thing... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No. The only... <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing that may tilt a little bit is if there is an effort in the United States government to get Cuba to give up some of the terrorists that are hiding there mm -hmm. and sell them on the idea, you don't lose anything. You don't lose anything by giving up those people. The Black Panther leader that was, that was there left because he couldn't stand Cuba. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, that would be the only thing that can show a crack. Right in Cuba that we may be able to put pressure on them and get more out of it. But what, what do you think I, that would change for Cuba itself? Uh, well, what, what it will do, it will open up a little bit the, the economy. Not internal growth with capitalism like sure. they've been trying to sell you for, for 10 years. Right. Like we have 500,000 um, uh, you know, uh, micro businesses in, in Cuba. Yeah, and that's they not shut true. Them, they shut them down three weeks later. Yeah, right. The police goes and round them up, but it was a good uh, publicity stunt. But it may, it may, it, 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 if, if you give in to some of this uh, currency roles, instead of having three currencies, the dollar, the peso, and the, and the chavito, even though they said the, the peso is now the, really the only currency that they mm -hmm. have, but, but the uh, black market has another one. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot. 
it takes a lot. The only gain that we would have right now economically is zero. Yeah. They would have some. Yeah. But what do what is their currency? For us, it'd be more of a national security. Absolutely. Yeah. What is their currency? What do we want? Get out of Latin America. Leave uh, Venezuela. Leave Colombia. Leave Argentina. Leave all these countries. And we can work. Hmm. And show us that you're going to give up some of these uh, terrorists that are hiding in Cuba. Show us that you have good faith, not for the United States, but for the a world at large. But don't you think, you know, they, do don't you, don't think, you think Cuba is kind of like playing like the mafia in this sense? Absolutely. Where they're getting, they're, they're getting residuals from all these organizations they've built in Latin America, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that money and those resources are being funneled back my, to Cuba. My reasoning for not wanting to see Cuba relations uh, different as long as it's communist is because of what's happened in places like uh, Vietnam and China. I mean, these are communist countries that we end up basically just give, throwing our hands up and saying, okay, fine, if we can't beat you, we'll join you economically. We'll do business with you. And then they become rich countries. And rich communist countries start buying a lot more weapons. And when they accumulate more weapons, they become to get more aggressive. And look what's happening in the uh, China Sea there with the Chinese, and they're, they're buying more and more ships, more and more um, military hardware, and they're expanding. And if they can't take over an island, they'll just build an island. Mm -hmm. I mean, so they're already starting to behave aggressively to their neighbors, and that's because their economy has been so developed, and, and, and it's basically been developed off the American consumer. You know, so I don't want to see Cuba become a wealthy communist country. No, that's not going to no, Nobody does. That's not going to no, benefit. No, nobody does. Nobody does. Uh, nobody wants that to happen. we got to understand that when it came to China and Vietnam, Vietnam, we lost the war, and we were obligated at the table to give concessions mm -hmm. for economic growth. So we were, we well, were told to do it. I don't think we were it. obligated to do anything. We, we, were, we were told to do it. I Paris. I who? By them. Okay, who tells us? Okay. By them. Right. And we the signed UN it. probably. Kissinger, Kissinger I mean, signed it. Kissinger said, okay, signed it, yeah. Here we are. Okay. We're going to do I mean, all this. And when it comes to China, in 1976, they started the discussions of most favored nation status. Yep. Yeah. We gave it away. Yeah. We gave them the most favored yeah. nation status without yeah. asking for yeah. anything in return. And now they just steal from us all day long. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we're, such the, we're, we're, we're fools. Cuba, the way we do Cuba, Cuba cannot remain a communist country. But you, may, you have to make the assessment now on how to eliminate that. Right. Is it the economic means? I don't believe that. I don't think it is. But it is part of a, it is of a strategic five-year plan. What are the courses of action to get Cuba to, be, to get back in the fold of the countries, of the free countries in the world? Get out of Venezuela. Get out of your influence in the, in, in the leftist movements in Colombia, Petro, for example, because Colombia is an ally of the mm -hmm. United States, so it is in our interest for them to go away from there, yeah, right. get out of Argentina and Bachelet, get out of, of, of Nicaragua, and pretty much give up the pressure that they have on all these countries, which have enormous, enormous economic powers in, 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 in Latin America. And we need to pay attention to Brazil, because if Bolsonaro goes away, and he's our friend, and you have another communist coming over, like Rousseff was, we got a problem. Right. So how do we put our chips together to get Cuba to stay out of that picture so we can block it? 
That's a challenge yeah. that we have not been able to do for 62 years. But your mm -hmm. first comment that you made in that sentence answers the question. We need a five-year plan, and Americans only think in four-year terms. Yeah, we, we, yeah. So that right there is and the Wall biggest issue that we're ever going to have. We think, Wall Street yeah. thinks three months ahead. That's we think, we could, think in political I snippets. Know. And we can think more. I mean, I remember when I saw a, a protest in Cuba in Havana, and I was very This was a few months ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very surprising when I saw a I haven't seen a protest in Havana since I have been alive. So that was something. And it, would, and it actually made the news. I was very surprised on that. So I would see some You've chips. You've seen the women in White, yeah, you know, and I've seen some chips in that started to break a little bit. I think if anything, you attack the communist group as a whole. I mean, you we did make a comment that China and Vietnam are friends, which they are not. They fought a war in 1970, and they've been pushing each other, and they still hate each other, even though no, they're a part no, of the I communist didn't say country. They're friends. I just said they're both communist, communist countries yeah, that, but we, they, that but we built their economies. However, it's an easy way to put a wedge in that situation where you're able to start isolating communist countries where they're at. I mean, we're already doing that with China, with us signing pacts with Japan, Taiwan, and, and, uh, and Australia. So there's ways to do that, but I think, again, our lead, a lot of our political leaders do not think in five, six, five, ten year terms. This is a long, we've lasted, it's lasted 60 years. Right. It could last another 60 years. Yeah. And that's because our leaders do not have an idea of what needs to happen. All right. On that note, uh, again, thank you everybody for watching. This is the Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. That was a uh, very healthy. That was deeper. That, that was, was really Yeah, deep. I loved it. <laughs> uh, thank you to Travis Horn. We are coming to you live from the Bullhorn Communications Bunker in Ybor City, Florida. Uh, speaking of Cuba again, and uh, it's great to, you know, see J.C. Newman Cigars, you know, continues to be one of the last standing cigar factories here in town. Um, actually just renovated uh, their their uh, factory and uh, and to see now we got the cathedral, you know, you know, cigar shop, which is doing amazing things. People are really excited about that. So still very much a part, you know, you you can't walk through Ybor City and even still some parts of Tampa without seeing the Cuban influence here in town. And so, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, you know, we always say we'd hope that in our lifetime that we get to see a free Cuba. And, uh, you know, there's still that hope. And I think that still drives a lot of people. Um, but it, it is frightening, you know, I mean, I meant to go on to the next topic, but uh, I did want to touch on the fact that I think two weeks ago, there was a demonstration by pro-Castro uh, communists here in Tampa mm -hmm. saying oh that we need gosh, to reopen... Yes. Conversations and uh, and trade with with Cuba. I mean, well, they, just... they, were, they were marching last year, right downtown, with uh, mm. communist flags, right, and the pictures of Stalin and uh, Che Guevara. You know, did that make just the news? How do they reason? No. Did just, that make the news? I was gonna say they no. they. This, this there was an article. This little stunt two weeks ago. There was an article. They are present here. Yeah, they they did it a year ago. They did it two weeks ago. They're there. But is that an operation or is that, um, you know, again, to to provide some validity or to provide some support or, um, you know, or how do they reason being here and right. still being in support of what's happening over there? Because you have to be here to bring it down. They I mean, that's a psyops operation. There. I mean, they're, they're, they're here right. doing psyops. Those, right. are, those are agents of Cuba. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So their top, so their front, the front line was that it's the people, not the politics, driving Ebor City rally to reopen relations with Cuba, and yeah. that's just like that's completely BS. We know right. their agents in from Cuba in the United States that are purposely trying to rally up this kind of non-genuine reaction. Let, let me wrap this up with this comment. You know, the FBI they put out a report, 
in which they say what are the methods for Cuba to penetrate the United States. Mm -hmm. Dan Clapper, the DNI under Obama, despite all this reach outreach to, to Cuba, Clapper, he put a report in which he says the four major human intelligence, counterintelligence threat to the United States are Russia, China, Iran, and Cuba. Yeah, of course. Wow. It, was, it was reported. Yeah. And the FBI followed up with a report. He said, this is what Cuba does when they are in the United States. They will identify individuals in the country to invite to Cuba and show them how wonderful mm -hmm. is Cuba. Right, and right, then they right. would try to establish themselves right. in a location that people don't see as critical, but it is to them. Now, taking a step back from that, if you open a consulate here in Tampa, which is not when you have had espionage history with Cuba that dates back to the 1990s, people were in jail for killing Americans. Mm -hmm. MacDill was one of the uh, bases that were under surveillance. They had people in Orlando, the WASP network, mm -hmm. that were scattered all over Florida. And people were, you know, spies were in jail for that. Wanting to open up a consular office in Tampa from a communist country who we know that any communist countries, the embassies and the consulates are nest of spies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It becomes a safe house. That with, becomes a safe no, no. house. <laughs> Doing that with MacDill yeah. down, down the street, street. Yeah, just with the United States house. Central Command, yeah. Nope, yeah. which is a fight, fighting a war in the Middle East, yeah. and United States Special Operations Command. It's like a, it, it, it's like a baby in a candy store mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. for, yeah. the, for yeah. the Cubans. Yeah. Yeah. Any idea of supporting a Cuban consulate in Tampa is nonsense. Nope. To say that they're going to open up an embassy in Orlando, that's our business. Pete. Here, absolutely not. No, aquí. Because yeah, you know those agents are trying to infiltrate McDill. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's the only reason. That well, that, yeah. they could just sit outside the guy. I mean, they could just, <laughs> I mean, you could, you're within range of, of electronic surveillance devices. Sure. I mean, they could just... Why is there a 1962 you, you, you board sitting outside the McDonald's? You go, you go, well, and then, and then, yeah, and then everybody has this, like, you know, like this really, 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 really attractive Cuban chick who, who works for Domino's, and she's delivering pizza on Friday nights to the barracks. I mean, yeah. you know, get cat gathering intel. I mean, come on. I'm not touching that scenario anywhere. Oh, my gosh. All right, I'm just saying, let, their, let them try to put an embassy or a consulate in Tampa from Cuba. Let, let's see how that's going to work out real quick. So, again, thank you for burn. watching the yard sign. <laughs> Are you done? No, I'm yeah, not. Done. I am. <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for watching the yard sign. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast on uh, over at our tech overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, and Amazon. Uh, I know I run through those pretty quick, but it's Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, and Amazon. Uh, if you want to catch the audio version of our podcast, and again, for the video version, uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thanks to everybody who's hanging out, watching the show, and even in the comments. Hector's been uh, killing it in the Blowing comment section today. My goodness. Uh, you know, kind of playing like the, the 11th man there, you know, helping us out uh, in the comment section. But I uh, want to move on uh, really quickly to touch on the Florida riot bill, uh, which, again, I think... Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody <laughs> truly had the expectation that we weren't going to no, see more of this type of activity flourish, um, especially given that, you know, we knew some of these cases would be coming down the pipe. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the state legislature 
has signed off on additional measures, you know, to uh, hopefully prevent, if not at, at the very least penalize uh, those individuals who decide to riot in the state of Florida. Um, uh, you were telling me in Evil that that uh, was a, quite an entertaining announcement. I enjoyed it. I thought it was about 35 minutes long. The announcement was talking about how, and the signing ceremony showed it. However, our sheriff from Polk County was our favorite person once again with his own um, pictures and examples of what a, a, a protest is and what an actual riot is. Did and he then, do that? Did he do that yeah. at the... Oh. He did it. And so then, he did it at the... He, so he, he, he took over the governor's oh, bill signing and turned, it in, and turned it into one of his... It was beautiful. Oh. And then he shows a picture of like what Floridians look like and what Floridians want to do. And I'm like, did he get permission from Disney to put that Disney picture oh in there? Oh, my God. I was like, someone's going to get sued for that one. Yeah. But it was it was phenomenal. And then the governor was like, oh, it's not a... Not a, it's not a press conference. He doesn't bring uh, pictures to show it. So it's I was not like, a Grady Judd press conference exactly. without, without <laughs> no, some, uh, yeah, without some. Uh, so uh, he was. So the uh, the chair was giving props to visuals, the governor yeah. and had the visuals and everything else. So I thought it was well well done and it was short and sweet. But they were showing the examples of we're not talking about people that are protesting. Right. We are talking about people that are rioting, that are setting fires, and sure. like all this other stuff. And I think that was the community. And he did a great job communicating the difference. Well, again, it was it's to eliminate the spin. Yes. Right? Right? Because the spin from the left was, well, this is encroaching on the First Amendment. And look, there's probably going to be lawsuits coming from this anyways. Um, you know, ACLU is probably going to step in. And a lot of these other organizations are going to try to make the claim that this is somehow against the First Amendment. When again, really, this is about protecting, in most cases, the very communities where some of these protesters come from. Yes. Because they have a tendency to riot and destroy and burn down the businesses and homes in their own communities. But a lot of the, a lot of the measures, and I, I didn't, I, well, let me let me just say, first state that a lot of the measures that they talked about, at least I, I the only part I saw was the governor, the speaker of the house, uh, Chris Browse, mm -hmm. and the Senate president. I saw their comments, and then I had to get back to work. But um, the the things that they highlighted were. Um, if you are arrested for rioting, once it's declared a riot, yeah. which is a, dif a difference between, you know, a, obviously, a uh, obviously you have the right to peaceably assemble, but once it's been declared a riot and you get arrested, they're gonna they're now changing the law where you can't just be released. Correct. The, the same night because people right. are going back to prison. Okay, Th I mean that's just that's just you know. Thanks to state that, attorneys that, that, like like our very yeah. own Andrew Warren. But, but, but that's just that's just changing the law, sentencing and 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 or it's not really sentencing, but just changing the the law when it comes to mm -hmm. the, the the policing and the arrest and the detention or whatever. That, that I don't see where that's going to be unconstitutional. Because you're not keeping somebody forever, you're literally keeping Correct. them to the morning, sure. which is kind of normal, you know. Right. Only only when you have radical um, states' attorneys and whatnot and prosecutors do you end up releasing people um, to go back to the riot the same night, booking yeah. people and then letting them go. That's that's stupid. Well, sure. And then the yeah. other and then the other thing was um, some liability protections for businesses and things like that. Um, the uh, and then the loc locales that are talking about defunding police, the state basically saying, "Hey, if you choose to defund policing um, in your community, then that's going to have consequences for other state funds." I mean, there's nothing about that that's like unconstitutional. Right. Well, because so again, they're 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 quite literally putting the rest of the state at risk. Yeah. yeah. The, the piece you know. that I didn't hear, maybe somebody else did, was um, I thought one of the big elements too was a was um, changing. The statute in regards to a motorist hitting a, 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 protester. a, a, a protester that they were going to sort of clarify 
the the liability that you that a, a motorist would have. And they're mm -hmm. basically saying if there's a protest going on, you're in your vehicle, you can flee, and if you hit somebody, oh well. Yeah. Like I, I, that I, was the I, that was that, the other part. Is that, that the, the part of it? That was the other part that some people are upset about, but it needed to get clear. Yeah, because yeah, because you had you had re just regular people that were like, what happens? Like, mm -hmm. what happens to me? Do I allow myself to get assaulted? Like, right. At, at what point? Or am have I your allowed? vehicle destroyed? Yeah. yeah, because what what the common man understands is you know the common man understands right and wrong, right? In, in in our society, what they don't understand is, okay, at what point am I able to use you know deadly force to defend myself? And that's where people well, even start fleeing getting worried. is a form of self-defense. And, and, and yeah, fle I mean. fleeing is self-defense. But when you're fleeing in a car and you hurt somebody, you know your regular person doesn't want to hurt somebody. Correct. But then you're conflicted, and and the problem is that by the by the citizen being conflicted with the decision making process, very quickly things go bad, and well, they go bad super fast. And next thing you know, you're swarmed. And now that you're swarmed, now you have a choice. Either right. you're gonna sit there and and hope for the best, and we've already seen people get dragged yes. out of their vehicles and killed, or you're gonna drive your automobile over another human being. And are you gonna be cleared? And I think a lot of people were like, I, st I don't want to go to jail. Well, that's where the that's where these laws were were, were necessary to be filled yeah. or fixed up because you need the police uh, to know that if someone is blocking the street illegally, then that needs to be taken care of before a motorist has to make that decision of fly, fight or flight. And that's a very scary scenario because again. If my wife is in the car, oh, we're hitting someone. And if you have kids in the, the car, yeah. you're and hitting the, someone. And the protesters were taking, and the protesters yes. were taking your goodwill exactly. or my goodwill. You know, they're taking advantage of your your average person just trying to travel unobstructed. They they take advantage of that person's morality, mm -hmm. knowing you're not going to run over me. So, which turns into, it turns in from marching down a road in protest to blocking a road yes. to rioting and surrounding automobiles and eventually, you know, violence. Well, again, if you that. want to protest down a particular street, you need a special permit for that. Yeah. You know, you don't, I don't think even, you know, again, you have the right to protest, but you, you have to stay on the sidewalks mm -hmm. or you have to be in a public space. Uh, but you, I don't think you're allowed to protest on the street. And like we saw here in Tampa and in a lot of places around the country, they were starting to block, intentionally block on ramps and on off ramps from interstates uh, and highways. Yeah. And and again, that would, that itself yeah. was putting the the public in danger. And the, I think it was AOC and some other Democrats were making the you know saying that um, well you know protests are supposed to be uncomfortable. Maxine Waters. Okay. Okay. Well, saying that it's supposed to be uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that protest, but okay, I got, I got that. I, I, I get that. If you want to protest an issue politically, you're going to put pressure on the government. You're going to put pressure on society to change. I don't think there, I think that's very American. The, the problem becomes when you are now stopping me from my freedom of movement. Correct. Okay, I haven't committed a crime. You can't detain me. Right. So if I'm trying to travel freely as a free man and you're detaining me unlawfully, okay, now you've violated my your rights, rights. Yeah. and your rights are no greater than my rights, and now we have a problem. And so hopefully this law will put some common sense into some local you know, police forces so, and local uh, DA's offices. So Hector says in the comment section, the riot bill makes sense. It promotes the fact that Florida is, a safe, is safe for visiting. 
Um, does anybody want to visit any major city in the United States, given the fact that they have a chance of there being a riot at yep. any time right. because of what's going on? I think that's a great yeah, example. Who wants to go to Minneapolis right now no, or no go one. to Portland right now? And that's the irony of all this. The, the people that are claiming to want to support either you know black-owned businesses or just the rights of minorities in general are destroying the cities that house black-owned or minority-owned businesses, and they're going to destroy their own livelihoods. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, people have a right to earn a living. And um, I understand protesting, but no, you, you can't. They're destroying, they're, they're destroying these cities. And if these Democrat-led cities want to destroy themselves, then, hey, you know, I mean, that's all Well, let them put the bill and don't come to the federal government for financial assistance. Well, the, one of the last things that, uh, that the sheriff said was actually, uh, don't come to Florida and start voting the way, and don't register to vote and vote <laughs> the way you voted up north. Right. Vote the way the people are voting here in the state because people don't want to, Florida turn into one of the northern or east or the west uh, west coast cities. It just it becomes a huge problem, yeah. and you're seeing the influx. Right, uh, we're getting almost a thousand people a day into Florida, and it's going to become a problem. But it's a cute soundbite. Yeah, it is a cute <laughs> soundbite. All right, uh, uh, thank you again for watching the yard sign. Now it's uh, time for everybody's favorite segment, that is Enable's Attic. Tread carefully. I will do my very best. So today in the episode of As the World Burns, we had plenty of material. Uh, this past weekend, we saw the passing of the UK um, Prince Philip at 99, and the very sad moment when you saw Her Majesty sitting. I'm going to get a little verklempt at the moment. But seeing Her Majesty sit by herself at the funeral, I thought it was very sad when that happened and was very much a tearjerker. Uh, bombs literally falling over Baghdad as five were wounded at a, at a base where American contractors were sitting at. And the increased tensions in the Taiwanese Strait as high-level U.S. diplomats arrive in Taipei for the so, so, so we could see what happens when the Chinese, uh, embassy, Chinese ambassador looks like his head explodes when he's reading the Riot Act. This week, though, in White People Problems and Jeff Free. Uh, um, oh, I know. We have a segment dedicated to me. Well, oh my gosh, you are the only white people person on this. Is that this you said it? Cool. Not me. Anyways, <laughs> in this week in white people problem and Jeffrey, which is a friend of ours of the show, uh, cryptocurrency has a remarkable climb the last few months, with Bitcoin almost doubling since it started this year. However, this past weekend we saw a 15 to 20% slide in the value of a crypto coin. I'm using this very loosely because I don't believe cryptocurrency is a value to begin with. Anyways, we're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, well, to spell some of the T, what happened, the reason why there was a breakdown in, in the valuation of almost all of the 18 or 32 different cryptocurrencies, there was a blackout in a region of China, which mines the majority of Bitcoin. The Turkish bank, uh, the Turkish National Bank said that their country will no longer be wait, allowing wait, wait, individuals is... to do mining in Turkey. And there was a rumor that the U.S. Treasury was going to file um, uh, file a case against Bitcoin and other large cryptocurrencies but this is what I because don't understand. of the money laundering that's occurring. And if anyone really knows what comes to money laundering, it wouldn't be the Treasury. It would be the Department of Justice. What is one of your questions? But what is it? How do you mine a digital currency? So it's, it's, you, you get this. Oh. This is what I don't. <laughs> this well, this requires crypto 101 class, like which there probably is a class. Is there but like again, a, there, there are classes. There are classes. So no, I'm me, sure there are. But what I don't understand is how do you mine points. for something that doesn't exist? Let me finish my point. 
the flash crash <laughs> caused over 1 million positions to be wiped out in over a weekend, equaling almost $10 billion lost in one weekend alone. Uh, Dogecoin, the coin that was created a few years ago as a meme, has actually increased, bucking the trend of any other cryptocurrency in the, around the world, um, taking a lot of the pressure coming from there, increasing almost 200% yeah. in 24 hours with a market cap of $52 billion. A coin that was a meme is valued more than the NASDAQ right but now. But this is, this is people just playing around with I, money. Oh, I, I, I completely I, agree. This is speculation 101. There's no value there. No, there's not, uh, it's not considered an asset. Right now. <laughs> we That's could. Right, yeah. We could easily start up our own Well, coin. I mean, they're talking about, uh, you know, didn't, uh, didn't you say like in the last show that that the Chinese government was t uh, talking about starting a so cryptocurrency? Now, yeah, so now a lot of governments are trying to figure out how to do their version of a cryptocurrency, which is just digital currency. <laughs> like, you right. have the ability to have digital currency with your, with your bank account. You don't ever have to take out a dollar. It just transfers. So I to totally see this as a made-up market. Now, the background of what cryptocurrency is is the blockchain. I think the blockchain technology is completely very valuable it will change the way the world works There's a lot in the of future investment in that. and a lot of investment in that however the allocation of asset valuation for these coins makes absolutely no sense and i know yeah. that some of our friends are watching right now jeffrey is invested in this stuff and you do you boo boo you can do all you want but i hope that you get out before it crashes because yeah. just like what happened in amsterdam during the 1600s when a when oh, a flower tulip, tulip, was the value a tulip was the valuation of a house Eventually, things will fall. Yeah. Well, but you know, and again, like, no. well, and the problem is, is that they're all riding this, right? Like to the moon, right? To like, the moon. Like, like that's the big saying that they all. But but again, it's kind of like with the GameStop stock. You know, it's like at some point you got to jump ship and, re and cut your losses. Yeah, a lot of people you know, or, made money. Or with, make money. You know, a lot of people made money with GameStop, but a lot of people lost a lot of money But at least that's an actual company, you know, with tangible, <laughs> with you know. assets. With tangible assets. I mean, this is literally a meme. Yes. It is now, the, the, it's, it's the, the Deutsche coin is it's valued a dog. more. The, 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 um, the, 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 the picture yeah. is a... Um, it's a dog. Oh, it's a meme. Oh, gosh. It's an Asian, what is, what it's is, the Asian dog. It's what a, is that little dog? It's a, it's a, <sighs> it, isn't it that dog with the real short legs? Pomeranian? No, it might no. be. Corgi? Yeah, it's not a, no, uh, a corgi? No, it's not a corgi. It's an it's, Asian it's dog. It's not a corgi? Okay. It, I think it's an Asian... Um, it's an Asian breed. Anyways, okay. well, all right, while, really while Anibal uh, looks it up or Hector gets it, gets it to us in the comment section, we'll move on to <laughs> this, uh, this dog. Yeah, I know, exactly. it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, so again, eventually we will see what happens. I do feel yeah. that cryptocurrency will be here to stay. I just cannot see how one well, coin be, be valued more than $60,000. Blockchain should be the technology used for voting. Yes, I do not That's believe in federal. I don't believe in federalizing no, no, no. local no, no, local no, 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 elections. No, 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 But but if you use blockchain yeah, technology for voting, it's level. it's impossible then to have fraud. Every single transaction in the blockchain is verified and can be verified by anybody at any time. Right. And I know we're not here to talk about blockchain technology, but big companies. I saw recently, um, J.P. Morgan, the credit card companies are investing in blockchain because. <laughs> Blockchain is going to be the future of verifying, you know, transactions. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs yeah. because of blockchain. Verifying sure. transactions, and I think the credit card companies, for those that are listening and aren't sure about crypto, part of the push for cryptocurrency is to be able to move money 
uh, when, you, when you buy something and avoid um, credit card fees. I mean, think about 3% of just about everything that's bought and sold is the fee that you're paying to these companies mm -hmm. to process, to, for you to be able to take your own money and give it to someone else. And we've been doing this for decades now, paying these people. Why? And part of this is, is a way to get out of that. I don't disagree with yeah. anything you're saying, but I think yeah. there needs to be a split between the yeah. coin There's itself. There's a future for Because you're never going to be able to yeah. really have, be able to buy shoes with Bitcoin. Yeah. The that the that ship well, is the gone. Well, the question is, when, when are the 18 or 30 cryptocurrencies, when, when are they going to begin merging, collapsing, going away? and becoming something that you can actually use. They, can't, they can't merge because every individual... Uh, okay, fair enough. Every yeah, individual really one is creating yeah, its own that's right. version that's right. of so a coin that's, that's right. being mined that's right. in some <laughs> no, no, back right. alley China den, opium den. But to your point, though, to your point, and, and I'm not... I'm, I mean, I'm not an investment guy, so I'm not, like, pro or against it, per se. I just, like I've told a lot of people, I just don't... I struggle to understand it because... Because it's kind of like people get all excited about buying gold. And I'm like, okay, that's fine that you're buying gold as a hedge against inflation. But you can't go anywhere and yeah. buy anything with gold. <laughs> right. so, so until you can trade it for some for something, it's not a real currency. Yeah, I tell people and, all the time, the, the reason why you buy or something to hedge against the US dollars, if you think the dollar is gonna collapse or whatever. If the US dollar collapses, that means the world has collapsed, which means odds are you yeah. won't even have power yeah. to your house. Kimberly, because says, gonna Kimberly, be Kimberly says, can I have a Kimmy currency? Yeah, sure. do, do you, girl. <laughs> Put your do face you. on a little thing and just I love bam. it, I think that's a great idea. Bam. <laughs> I think that's get, awesome. Get oh you, my like, God. outsource an <laughs> IT guy somewhere to create you a little thing and bam. Well, yeah. not only not only is EJ lost, but I think we've also about lost half our audience. Hey, hey, hey. crypto. <laughs> it was you, you 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 lost me at the not lost me actually. I I was just blown away that a meme. <laughs> right. Yeah. Drove anything. A little caricature. A little. Anything. Yeah. It's valued right. at fifty-two billion dollars. That's the world we live. Based in. on who? Based on what? I can. Based on. I can literally check out We're today. We're just going to the moon, John. Why are you trying to kill it? Why are you killing the vibe? Why are you trying to lose people money? <laughs> We're, all going, We're all going to the moon, and you're trying uh, to kill the vibe. Well, if I anybody deserves to awesome. make a buck, it's Jeffrey. It is so. Jeffrey. All right, it. we love you, Jeffrey. And uh, again, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, our final topic. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to hit 90 tonight. Um, is uh, is a transgender sports bill um, that is also uh, looking like it's going to get approved in the uh, Florida legislature. And uh, again, as often happens, I'm sure we're kind of leading the way for future states uh, to follow suit. Um, I doubt the federal government uh, will be addressing this for any for for the foreseeable future, um, given the controversy of it. Um, but you know, essentially, this is banning. Um, and I'm, I don't, I don't think it extends to professional private organizations, um, but certainly mostly addressing at the high school level, you know, which is uh, under the state's jurisdiction, mm -hmm. uh, the prohibition of, uh, transgender boys or males, uh, to compete in women's sports. And, you know, I mean, I'm the father of, of a, of a girl as are you, I mean, you have a young boy as a, as a, you know, as a child and. It's one of these things oh, where, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, but, it, you know, it's one of these things where I think Florida's ahead of the curve, 
and they're addressing that, look, this is a very real problem, yeah. um, especially in a state like Florida where really so much of our entertainment mm -hmm. uh, economy, you know, is sports centric. You know, we produce a lot of, uh, of, of globally respected um, athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, again, uh, I was saying this earlier off air, you know, my favorite and strongest point when it comes to this issue, which isn't covered under this legislation, but is in mixed martial arts. I mean, currently you have a man who is competing against women um, and, and causing irreparable damage to them um, because, again, the physicality, the biology um, of, of, of a man beating on a woman um, is just too much for them to bear. Um, and yet they're allowing it. And uh, I, to my knowledge, I'm not sure if, it's, if, if, if this person's still fighting or not. Um, but but we see, you know, especially as we get closer and closer to the party of science telling us, you know, to follow the science, except when it comes to genders and all that other stuff, you know, it, that this is going to be an issue that, that states and professional organizations are going to have to take sides on. I can't believe we even have to pass laws around this. It's just foolishness. I am very surprised. I allowing agree. well, the uh, Olympic um, at some point the Olympics so is going to have to address this. Uh, uh, to allow uh, to allow a male to to compete in a female with against females is anti-woman. Sure. It's it's anti-woman, and this foolishness. I don't care how you feel about yourself or how how you think you are, how you see yourself in the mirror, how you feel. Boys should compete against boys, girls should compete against girls. Right. There's a very obvious reason why we have girls sports versus boys sports, and that's that. I don't even know why we have to discuss this. It's, and, and, it's we, and we have co-ed sports out there. Sure. There are teams yeah. that are co-ed and yeah. everything else. Because I, they've agreed to be co-ed. Yes. Everybody's there's agreeing a league, to that. There's a league that was created. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. I will say but this. But the rules are technically but, modified but will, to yeah. level yes. the playing field. Absolutely. But I will right. say this. This just means that men can do better things than women can, honestly. That's what's going <laughs> oh on. My I don't agree with that statement, <laughs> audience members that are looking at me dirty right now. But I think that's the biggest conversation. When you have a conversation like this with someone and they're trying to argue the point against it, I'm like, you're just... You're saying that men can do better than women because right. you don't see it on the reverse. You don't have women competing in men's sports and like, <clears throat> not to say beating the men in their sports, but you don't really have it on the opposite side. You have yeah. kickers that are women and sometimes, and that no, but you have look, but and you it, don't have them in the NFL or any of the other major sports. Well, it is well documented. I mean, Billie Jean King, who famously beat a man mm -hmm. at tennis, okay? He was 59 years old. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really, and, and the tennis player she beat, he was basically on the, he was well past his prime. His prime. Right. You know, he was practically retired already. Right, right. Um, right. And a she, and a, and an alcoholic. yeah, and she has also basically come out and said that this is unacceptable in yeah, sport. Yeah. And Serena Williams, who is, I mean, almost yeah. inarguably the best tennis player that has ever lived, mm -hmm. okay, has even come out and said that she could not beat the best male tennis player, yeah. you know, or even maybe they've they've done the math, you know, on term, um, yeah, the top 100 men, um, you know, playing tennis. But, that's, but what in they the world. And, and, and 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 if, if anything, and that's self admitted. One of the biggest, yeah. one of the biggest leaders in the LGBT community, it's um, 
Martina Navratilova. Right. Mm -hmm. She openly spoke against yeah. this. She yeah. said, and they've tried to cancel her because, because of nonsense. Because it's common sense. Yeah. Because it's common sense. And, right. and what you'll see, um, the party of science, you know, what you'll see them do is hold up the, they'll use anecdotal evidence other than like real evidence. So they'll say, oh yeah, well, Billie Jean King being, right. you know, they'll use this extreme example yeah. of, of, of a, a woman who's at the peak performance level against you know another male and they'll use that as an example when on the whole at just as a whole statistically when you look at the entire group of athletes um, you're 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 confronted with the fact not 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 the feeling you're confronted with the fact that when it comes to a sport like say women's uh, cross country or women's track uh, track events and things like that you're confronted with the fact that you have men young men some of them who on the male team couldn't, couldn't even, even qualify. Yep. Like they can't even make it into yep. any competition. They're dead last. And they switch over to the female sport and they win gold. I'm yep. sorry, but that is offensive to the women that put everything they had into that sport. It's wrong and it's just, it's, it's anti-science, it's yeah. anti-woman and it's foolishness. But well, not when it comes to the LGBT community, they, and I don't even think it's But they're community. making excuses for it. I think it's the excuses it. that they want to say, you feel this way, so we should make accommodations. Well, and they're even and saying the that AC, if you. And what the aid and NCAA is going to be the biggest problem because now there's, and Kimberly, thank you for pointing this out, that uh, we accept all college athletes regardless of how they identify. I don't care how you identify. I care how you were, how, what are your chromosomes? Is it XX or yeah. XY? But let's, That's all that really let's matters. Take this to, let's take this to the logical conclusion. There are going to be people who, and, and yes, the, the LGBT community, whatever, they're going to come out and say, well, that's not real. They're playing the system. Okay, there's going to be people that are going to play by the rules. There's going to be men who don't make it at their sport. And they're going to be like, you know what? It's time to go to the female side of things. Right. And they're going to go dominate. And then you're going to have to, and everyone, and this is what's crazy to me. They're going to stand on the stage and, 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 and raise their hand with, with a gold medal in excitement with two women that are actually better, you know, at their sport. And, and everyone's just going to sit back in the stands like yeah. this is normal. I don't think, yeah. There's going to be a breaking point. The, the, LGB, it will be a break the LGBT point. is split on this. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. they are. They, they really are. are. You know, yeah. Well, because a man, a, a, a man for a man to basically modify himself, and even still, it's been unsuccessfully, mm -hmm. they have to go under severe hormone therapy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And still, they will still outperform yeah. women yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, physiologically, biologically, um, even after years of hormone yeah. therapy. But they're claiming, yeah. and this is the loophole that they're trying to say, yeah. that after a certain number of years yeah. of hormone therapy that they should be eligible to compete that, against women. It, almost like saying, mm. if I take this drug long enough, I'll be as weak as someone else. I will no longer be right. have the strength of right, a man. Right. I'll be weakened to a level that should make me as acceptable as a woman competing. Why I mean, do liberals hate women? Wim it's, liberals it's hate women. It's crazy. Because they're not willing to allow this actual competition. You're just going to have men in first and second. Eventually, they're going to take the whole the, the whole platform. But you're going to have these these women that are six feet two and extra 200 pounds on these women that that game of handball and they think yeah the you've seen that dude that plays handball and i'm like he that is powers. a man it's just it's it's, a, it's it's like it's a joke honestly it, it feels like it's, a joke it's like a joke is being played on society you have like this six foot 
for guys like 230 pounds. And everyone's like, really? And he just dominates these women. You're like, what What are, what are we doing? So you like, grow out your hair, and that yeah. makes like, that, that's that automatic. Yeah. If, I was, a, if yeah. I was a father of a little yeah. girl today or in high yeah. school, I would be very upset. Oh, absolutely. Well, the, yeah, girls, the, girl, the girls are starting to fight. You've got mm -hmm. girls that are in high school yeah. that are saying this, Filing is, lawsuits. this is bullshit. Yeah. I know they didn't work their they didn't work their tail off to be the top in their sport, competing against their peers, only to have some loser guy yeah. who couldn't even make the men's team step up and take the gold. Right, no. uh, right. And losing yeah, and and some of these young ladies losing opportunities for scholarship, yeah. and college, what? an education. The yeah. only way they can get an education, what, what they are missing those opportunities because this. So thing. what happens? What happens if a guy is looking for an end? To, to college, and he can't make it. He can't get a college scholarship, an athletic scholarship, and he just switches well, that's over happening. to female for the last well, like two you years said. and just dominates yeah. and gets a scholarship. But that's been happening, especially in track and, and field sports. You know, you have these these boys, you know, who are claiming to be girls, yeah. and they're com they're competing for these scholarships, and Which they're going to hurt girls. You know, of it's course, just hurt women. absolutely. Now, the scarier part is, you know, we're obviously, you know, this is. The litmus test, I think, sports is the litmus test for this issue. Yeah, but, that's true. But I mean, yeah, yeah, but we're true. seeing it in point. the military, that's a good right? Point. Are we not? Oh. You know, we're seeing it in other aspects of, of our culture right now, where where again they're trying to level this playing field. And look, I'm not saying that there probably aren't many places in, uh, in the military because of, there are hundreds of thousands of roles within the military, right? That there there probably should be some parity. But you know, like we've been talking about driving a tank. You know, or maybe it's, you know, in some other, you know, uh, capacity, you know, where, again, the physical demands of those roles are not conducive to women. Well, we, we, don't, we don't have the time to go into the, no, this topic, no. but, but I, I will say this when it comes to the military, and I'd like to hear what EJ, EJ says, too. Um, if something doesn't make you more lethal, then right off the bat, you should pause and, and take a really good look at it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't automatically make the forces more lethal at fighting and winning wars for the country, yeah. then you have to stop and say, okay, then we need to pause and not go 100 miles an hour down this direction. Um, that's the only thing I'll say about that is, does it increase your lethality? Don't give me this stuff about, you know, diverse yeah. all that. The military is the most diverse organization on the planet, okay? It's more diverse than any college campus. It's more diverse than your public school system. It's the most diverse organization in the entire planet. I've, I've never been in an organization since the military that was as diverse, and right. I don't know that I ever will be. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, there's obviously, you know, <laughs> to, to a certain extent, there, there, we're seeing a diminished role of, of physicality necessary in the military, right? And that's concerning. Because of the evolution of drones, well, you know, yeah, we're the, seeing uh, now robotics, you know, we're... The, 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 uh, the U.S. military is going through a change right now, not to the best. I mean, certainly not when I was in or before, my, the, the folks that were in before I was. Uh, there is a softening of the military. The Army just passed a rule uh, six months ago that if you're in the middle of a, of, a, of a rucksack or if you're in the middle of training and you want to take a nap because you want to take a break, you can't. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I don't, I don't. Army times. <laughs> it's the kind of thing Are you talking that, about in basic training or something? Or what are we talking about? Any training. A ruck march? Like you any just take a nap? Like I you don't know how that works. You just stop. I'll, I'll okay. Send it okay, send that to me. So the, so the, the <laughs> Army and the Air Force as well, the, the, the standards have been lowered. Right. There's no question about yeah. it. They have been. When 
in the military, when I was in the military. But first of all, wait, 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 wait before that, that did, why do you think that is? I think because the military is becoming a social experiment. Okay. I mm -hmm. think that for the past 10, 20 years, uh, it has become a political pawn that it was not before. Right. When I came in, the, the, the leadership was who they were, regardless of what party they belonged to, or their ideological views, or social views. They were military people leading military men and women, and making sure that we have the most lethal military in the world. I never we knew go the in, political views come back. of anybody I served now with. There is, now there is clearly, I could tell you that I knew the um, flag officers and their political parties. In the, in the last five years of my time in the military, wow. because it was known. And yeah. an example of this, we're talking about the trans thing. Yeah. It, 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 in the, it, when I was in. Because was that's now clear. happened. Now that's now, that's now come back. The role of the women in the military has always been discussed. Yeah. Do they, do, do, should they go into combat? Shouldn't they go into combat? Should they be in combat roles? There, many of women were in supporting roles or ended up being POWs. They mm. found themselves shooting. And doing well, some were not. Not because they were women, but because they were not trained for that particular right. role. So the question was always there. And, and consistently, the military community always said, do not lower the standards. You yeah. want to bring women in the military to do yeah. combat roles? By all means, right. don't lower the standards. Keep the standards as they are. If they meet the standards, absolutely let them in the, let them in the, let them in the process. The problem is that those standards... They have been, nobody has listened to that. And what they have done is they have, they have shifted. The inevitably, standards inevi lower. inevitably lower, the standards lower. get lowered in order to allow um, the, to social, the, social, the social change to yeah. occur. So the latest example of that is the Army went to a gender-neutral physical fitness test. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, they, and it was a test that was, um, it had like three brackets. And they were more difficult depending on your job specialty. Which I think to a lot of people in the military made a lot of sense. If you were infantry, armor, artillery, and maybe some others, you had to meet the highest standard. And then there was a second tier and a third tier. And I think that made a lot of sense to a lot of people, right? Um, but it was gender neutral, though. So it didn't matter whether you were a female or a male in the infantry right. or a female and a male in, in a support role. You had to meet the same standard. Okay, so they had got this thing fully implemented because this takes a long time to train up the trainers and get implemented. Right. They got it implemented, and uh, when it was beginning to be fully implemented, they realized that 60% of women were failing and 10% of males were failing. Now, I don't know what percentage of males normally fail the PT test. Some of it, some, I, I, I don't know that that would be abnormal for 10% to fail, but 60% um, failure rate amongst females I know is super high compared to the old test, which was gender-based. Ba gender right. So the old test, just a quick example, was the, the old test in the 17 to 21 age bracket, mm -hmm. if you were a male, you had to get at least 42 push-ups just to pass. Anything less than 42 push-ups in two minutes and you failed. If you're a female and you did 42 push-ups, you maxed out at 100%. Right. So there was a clear difference when it was male-female uh, based um, PT, uh, physical fitness tests. The numbers are even they, higher. They went to a gender neutral and so many women have failed that they've now abandoned this. <laughs> so, in the, in the, so now they're literally, so what's great about this though is the science is, is glaring, it's glaring right. in the face of all the bureaucrats and the party of science uh, people it's 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 it, they're faced with 
the fact that, oh, wait a minute, I guess people aren't all the same after all because they have so many females failing, they've now abandoned the test. 84% of women failed the Army Combat Fitness Test uh, compared with 30% of men failing the test. Wow. All right. Well, again, that's a much deeper topic than uh, we can certainly continue to get into today. Um, but on that note, uh, we're going to start to bring yeah, well, this in for a close. Um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and uh, do one more quick uh, trip down the table. Uh, we'll start uh, over on the opposite end as far as... Uh, we can talk um, about that. <laughs> uh, the stories... the nap time policy. He showed me the, EJ showed me the nap time policy, but we, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I think this show needs a nap time policy. Hey. Hey. Uh, we're going to start with an Ebel on the show, on the uh, the stories that we did not get to uh, talk about tonight. Uh, and uh, even though an Ebel had quite a lengthy. No, he didn't. <laughs> 40, 50 stories. <laughs> What's the one story you didn't get to on your attic, sir? Uh, uh, my, I love international politics. I'm excited to see that the U.S. has sent uh, pretty high level um, U.S. diplomats to Taiwan just to piss off the Chinese. I'm very excited to see yeah. that. And I'm excited to see how that's going to develop, continue to develop the relationship. Because I don't think the Chinese will invade. I think that is just poking the bear further than they need to. And I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they don't even make it to land the first wave. I think they eventually make it to land at Taiwan. I don't even think they'll make it mm. until like the second or third wave. See, that China sees... Uh bear it's, even for the Chinese. It's rough. You, and so the to same example is how the French try to cross to, to Britain and how that's always become a constant problem because of the weather. It's even worse in the Taiwanese Strait. Huh. Wow. So it's very difficult to invade. And there's only 12 beaches in uh, Taiwan that Chinese could uh, actually land uh, amphibiously. There's 12, yeah. beaches. <laughs> There's 12 beaches. 12 beaches. Well, we only needed three in France, right? We only needed need three in France. Yeah, but right? in, in France, there's actually 162 places uh. that you could actually uh, landed with the size of the U.S. and the, moving on for no, D-Day, I think it was. Um, they actually, and we, and you guys already know this, that they changed the location like two or three times. So, but the number of beaches, it, it was fascinating to read that. Those beaches. <laughs> EJ Otero, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, my colonel, go ahead and uh, let us know what stories <laughs> are, you, uh, are you watching? What are, what are you keeping a pulse on right now? I'm, I'm keeping an eye on uh, Russia. Okay. Uh, what's going on in the Ukraine. I'm keeping oh, an man. eye on Russia's influence in Syria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm keeping an eye on the Chinese and uh, India. Uh, that's what I'm keeping an eye on okay. for now. And, of course, I always keep an eye year-round, 365 days a year, anything in Latin America. Right, right, but, right. Uh, on an intellectual note uh, that I'm delving more recently is on those. Well, and you continue to do a lot of philanthropical work uh, through yes. uh, your foundation. Yes. And, uh, and if people are interested in looking into that, you right. know, because I know you've been sending supplies even still to Venezuela and yeah we send uh, we send 2.5 million meals uh, to Venezuela and the some of the refugees in Colombia yeah so what's the name can you draw course of action foundation yep. course of action yeah okay. course of action foundation right here out of Tampa look it up uh, COA foundation or course of action foundation.com and uh, we have done that we have provided aid 
to the um, uh, victims of the hurricanes in, in the Bahamas, in Puerto Rico. Right. We send uh, three, uh, close to three million pounds of aid to Puerto Rico. We uh, have given wheelchairs to uh, veterans here, track wheelchairs, about uh, 25 of those. The track chairs, oh, okay. Yeah. Those things are like 10 grand a piece or something, they aren't are. they? They yeah. are. <laughs> uh, we make it happen somehow. And um, uh, we got involved with the homeless uh, here in Tampa, feeding them. Okay. on weekends and uh, um, uh, up north and in Texas we send uh, about a million bottles of water to help out first the hurricanes a couple of years ago a year and a half ago in the Panhandle and recently in uh, in Texas oh, okay when so they had we're their... doing we're doing a lot of things plus on top of that we have donated a, a, a twenty five thirty thousand uh, dollars for um, uh, scholarships to kids that want to go to school merit base not okay. just any kid, but merit-based. Right. They just have a difficult time. But they have the grades, so we help them out. Uh, we we do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, it's amazing. So I, thank you again I, for being on the show. I don't, I don't I'll make sure I that, follow uh, that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to, we'll make sure to have you on back again very soon. I helped, an old, la I helped an old lady cross the street yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you help a lot of old people every day, Joe. That's right, we do. That's Through true. home helpers. That's very true. That's what we do. Uh, let's see. I I still um, the Jeremy Dewitt uh, Metro State thing calmed down, so I haven't I haven't I haven't seen any more videos on that. I'm telling you, man, you gotta check that guy out. He's he's hilarious. He's gonna end up with a Netflix uh, thing. Special. I think they're I think they're gonna follow him. Um, <clears throat> no, you know, honestly, I'm off the top of my head. I, I got nothing. I don't think I don't know if there's anything in particular. What, All right. What's coming? Up, what's coming up this week? I mean, that's, well, it's a lot of these trials, and of course, we've got these police. Oh, things that's, happening. Oh, that's right. The, so the sh yeah, all this, the police right. shootings well, I, and I did the watch, mass shootings. Yeah, I said I'm the, not tracking it. I guess I am tracking it. So the closing arguments for the Chauvin trial were today. Right. The prosecution and defense. And I saw some of that, but then I I watched I, I, I watched some of the news, and of course they were downplaying. They basically said that the defense went too long, and that that turns off jurors, and that there's a juror that has diabetes, and that could be a problem. That just oh goes to show. Gosh. That just goes to show the stupidity there's of the media. To talk about. Yeah. That just goes to show the stupidity of the media. They were literally saying that the defense was making a mistake because they were going too long, and there's a juror with diabetes, and that's going to turn them off to you. And I'm like, really? You think someone's going to prison for the rest of their life because of that? Like, so anyway. Because the juror has diabetes. So, so they, I think they rested their case today. So yeah. the jury's going to be going to deliberation here. So that will probably next week's show. I mean, we're in a couple right. of days. This yeah. is happening. So then, answer this, this question: is happening in a Does couple Minnesota days? burn or not? It burns regardless. <laughs> no, it yeah, burns, it burns. No, regardless. I, I agree. No, I think yeah. I said this two yeah. weeks ago. If 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 he's convicted of the highest charge, which I think was second degree murder, he it's yeah. second degree, third degree, and manslaughter. Whatever. So if, I I think if he if he's convicted of the highest charge of second degree murder, it burns in jubilation. Yeah. And if he's <laughs> if he's not convicted of that. It or burns an effigy. It all, then yeah. it just burns because you know, hey. You know. Well, and I agree with uh, Kimberly, who's saying that uh, they should be censoring Maxine Waters after yeah. her yeah. call for Flat confrontation. Out. We need to we need to be you in know. the streets more. And she she said we need to be in the streets and we need to get more confrontational. Right. That's what that's yeah. what a United States congressman said, yeah. and no one cares. And then didn't uh, I think there was a drive-by shooting on some National and, Guardsmen? And, and they and, shot some. They shot a Humvee. Did you see that? Yeah. Because it's the old, it's the uh, it's not up armored. They're, we're, when I saw that article, <laughs> yeah. so I saw the, the yeah. gunshot on the Humvee, and it's just a regular Humvee, which is like your car getting shot, yeah. okay? Right. Um, and so, I've seen it. 
early, and, early Iraq. Yeah, yeah, right. or, yeah. So basically, these are the it's just nice, are, spray, nice camo spray paint. The, yeah, these are the soft skin Humvees. You might as well take the doors off. It's more comfortable. So <laughs> we did. So we did. Yeah. So that was so, the AC system. Yeah, yeah. That's all yeah, you got. So, so, so um, we're about to end up with up armored Humvees on the streets of America, and man, that's just that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. I, I think is disgusting. Well, because again, the minute the military fires back, now you got an even bigger problem. Yeah. Military presence, the way it is in in, uh, in Washington D.C. today, oh, it yeah. is disgusting. Is beneath our country. Yeah. And I, it is an embarrassment. But we're putting these young people in this position because a national guardman's going to get killed because yeah. they're out there with rifles and no magazines in them. Right. They're out there with weapons with no ammunition. Mm -hmm. And what are you doing? Why are we getting these soldiers involved? It's just theatrics. They it's, look it's, cool. It, yeah. it, it, it looks, yeah, it looks, it's like right after 9-11. There was all these yeah, military people around. It's like, well, but what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Standing there looking tough? Which is what they do in kid. most Latin yeah. American countries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's common. In, in, yeah. uh, sorry to break it to you. Where we come from. Yeah, where we come from. Brown people enjoy a good military <laughs> display every once yeah. in a while. A good police, a good military presence. Yeah. We're, we're setting these young people up for trouble because you've got National Guardsmen. They're going to get hurt. Right. Um, and how, what are they going to do? Shoot back? And now we've got the National Guard. Fighting yeah. our civilian population. This is just. Yeah. Well, remember, citizens, well, in Florida, we just passed the anti riot bill. <laughs> that's so right. So, if you want to move to Florida and feel much more comfortable, please come our way. Well, and, uh, and, and one more uh, reason to give people to move to Florida the story I'm watching this week is actually the um, powers that have been given to the police, especially in Ontario, Canada, oh, um, yeah. and what is made likely spread throughout the rest of Canada. Um, but basically, it's the third, na third, third national lockdown oh um, that they are now elevating uh, to a national emergency status, so much so that they are giving elevated powers to the police departments, uh, basically to apprehend and incarcerate okay anyone. It's, uh, oh, yeah, no, there's nothing happens. Are we going to see a Canadian and, get upset because of this? You know, and... Uh, Canadian? Well, and, you know, and again, so there's a, there's a buddy of mine it, uh, um, who lives in, in Canada, and, and it is it's, it's fascinating to see the difference in the mindset, right? Because for them, it's like, oh well, it's for the greater good. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're and all about big it's government. fine. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. we'll we'll be okay. We'll we'll yeah. we'll deal with this because yeah. it's 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 for the greater good. Nope. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Meanwhile, again, it's like, okay, well, how long are you willing to tolerate this? Is it three weeks? Is it is it uh, three months? Is it another year? When is right? someone like going to when is someone going to acknowledge? There's no point in locking down. Right. When everyone gets when everyone gets the shot. There's no then, point. Then, then what's the point? What's the point? Right, but then at that point now does does Canada mandate vaccines, right? Um, you know, whereas again, there's been people here that have been tried to explore that idea, right? And it, it would never. I don't think know, it's gonna happen. But but you're basically yeah. Yeah. between you know vaccine passports now to travel to Hawaii. Yeah. To travel to Hawaii, you need a vaccine passport. Well, Hawaii is another country. You know, so, it's. But again, what's the what's the stop? Again, you're basically putting people into a position where now they have to get it because it's it's it's, it's it just makes life easier. I understand to your go position ahead and do that it. you're talking about, but in, especially in Hawaii, you've already had a 14-day quarantine for anyone coming into the state. So it's already been a thing, and Hawaiians have, it's already a very progressive state. So I'm not surprised that happened, but you won't see. 
Again, what other states do in their states, I don't really care about because I live in Florida, I work in Florida, I travel in Florida. If I'm going to travel to France and they need me to show that I've had a vaccine, I get it. I'm going to their country for their laws. Right. But I'm here in Tampa, in Florida, Hillsborough County. Don't you dare tell me well, I got to get a Kim, shot. Kim I don't saying, want to get a Kim shot. Kimberly's saying, there, well, the next, the next, basically, the next restriction will just be, oh, you'll have to have a booster requirement. Well, what was yeah. the oh, one? Had, had your booster? Where was the one? I was saying the other day that I, uh, I think now, I think Pfizer is saying that that a third shot is show. going to be necessary, be um, and that it is in all likelihood, yeah, it is in, in all likelihood, <laughs> there is the expectation that now the shot will become an annual well, necessity. Well, we, we've always talked about this, that this is going to be the new flu shot. Yeah. And this is our generation's flu shot that we're going to get every single year if you need one. But again, even last year, if you didn't want a flu shot, you didn't have to get a flu shot. It, right. it made to the point to where you, I, I know medical doctors and nurses that haven't got a flu shot in years because they just don't want one. And they right. were still able to operate inside the hospitals. Well, and then, and then regardless of the shot or whether you've had COVID, now the whole talk is, oh, it doesn't matter yeah. if you've even had co the shot or had COVID. You can still get it. It's like, well, then screw it then. Like, well, then what are we doing? No, look, I mean, if you can get reinfected, then at what point in time do you throw your hands up and well, say, not, well, then forget it. Then. Not to put my <laughs> personal, you know, family business out there, but literally right before the show, I found out that an aunt of mine uh, within the last week got the, the vaccine shot, became ill because of the vaccine shot. Now she's sitting in the hospital in South Florida with pneumonia. Mm. You know, and and so she would have literally been better off not having had the vaccine. Yeah, but that could be unrelated and too. I mean, the, I mean, you know, there's a lot of speculation. I mean, it's mean, still the same point. Yeah, right. You know, it's it could be coincidental. How do we know? Right, we don't know. You, you don't know, but it could be coincidental. I mean. But we still don't know. I mean, otherwise, up until that point, she'd been completely healthy. All of a sudden, she gets the shot. She starts to feel sick because of of the now has tested positive. They said, yeah, she has COVID. Well, yeah, because she got the shot. You know what I mean? Okay. And so, and so now she's she's been diagnosed with pneumonia. So when do we send Fauci to the guillotine? That's all I want to know. Oh. For lying to the U.S. American. Look, population. Jim Jordan. I mean, call it posturing, call it political theater. I mean, but he laid into him pretty oh, hard, hard. You know, and uh, and look, I I, I think um, right now he I think I hope he's enjoying his fame and his fortune. You know, being literally Trump, the Trump, highest paid. Trump, Trump should have fired that yeah, guy. Yeah, being the highest paid member of government in in the country. You fire him, he, um, may, he, he becomes an icon. It will become even worse. Allow. Well, that's Fauci, what I'm saying. I think eventually allow allow Fauci to trip. Because on the only thing that's that what's this, happening now. The only thing pissed. this country loves to do more than build somebody up is to tear them down. down. Yeah. And I think and, and I think that time may come for Fauci. Well, we've got to stop. We got to stop looking at this guy for all the answers. He doesn't have all the answers. Right. No. He doesn't know. He ain't Jesus. But these people's, you know. The, the fact that they are smart, accomplished people, they just can't bring themselves to say, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Right. They, they just can't bring themselves. They always have to know and have an answer. And then when you go against them, oh, you're anti-science. Just right. another white guy telling people what to do. Exactly. <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> thank you so much to everybody for watching The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Don't forget to grab the video version of our show on YouTube, Facebook, and the audio version of our podcast over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, and Amazon. Uh, <laughs> on behalf of Joe Wicker, Colonel E.J. Otero, and Anibal David Cabrera, I'm Jonathan Torres. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time. So long, everybody. Burr, burr, burr.